You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Royals on today's show. It is Friday. The Royals have almost played a week into their spring training slate what have we learned? Also, the Royals play on TV today, and they continue to play throughout the weekend. And furthermore, the Royals have made an important, important announcement. Let's start there with the biggest announcement uh, of the day, and that is the fact that Kansas City will allow fans to attend games. They'll have 30% capacity with the hopes of increasing that monthly. So in uh, April, it'll be 10,000 fans that are going to get to go to Kauffman Stadium. You know, this is going to be a polarizing topic for who knows how long. You know, everyone's going to feel comfortable going to these games at different points. You know, what, what is comfortable to you might not be comfortable to me and vice versa. And that's perfectly okay. I, I don't know if there's a correct answer or not. I think that there's just something about how we all individually feel, feel about this topic. But to me, April 1st at Coffin Stadium, having 10,000 fans there would be a safe environment if done properly, which you have to right now give the benefit of the doubt to the organization, but they will do everything possibly, everything possible to make it safe. If if the biggest hurdle here, I think, is getting into the game, right? The biggest hurdle is getting those 10,000 people into the stadium because you know, that's when you're going to have the most close, close contact, in my opinion. Uh, and this is not a joke. Like, this is not a shot at Kansas City because it happens everywhere. Well, there's been plenty of normal pre-pandemic baseball games that you go to, and you're not in close contact. You're not you know, overbearingly onto somebody. You're... you're within a safe distance, you know, so if you're already that way in most regular season games, and then now you're making the conscious effort to make sure people are spread out and, and, and people are giving that social distance, it should be okay. The Chiefs had fans. The Chiefs did not see uh, some grave outbreak. They did not see uh, a, a super spreader event happen. I think that there's some benefit to being outside, whereas, uh, of course, the NBA and the NHL are not uh, given that benefit, ultimately 10,000 people, if you can enforce the mask properly, if you can enforce the seating arrangements properly and you can get them in the stadium smoothly, it should be safe. It should be perfectly fine. And I think that it does provide a bit of enjoyment for everyone involved. Watching on TV has been interesting to watch it. Even in spring training without the you know, kind of, phoned in crowd noise, but the real crowd noise and hear what crowds are really doing at, at certain times. It's been fun. I think it's fun for the players. 
I think it's safe. I think that the way they're doing it is safe. Now, you don't want to go too fast, too quick. I, I do not think that any organization should have 100% capacity right now. I don't care what's happening in Texas. I don't think that you should have a jam-packed stadium right now. But doing it the, the responsible way that Kansas City is, you have to applaud them and, and you have to uh, kind of understand it's not reckless and they're also not forcing you to go. So if you don't feel comfortable, that's perfectly fine. Don't go. It's okay. And and I, I don't begrudge anyone who, wasn't, who isn't going to go. In, in fact, I, I probably wouldn't find it worth it to go to a game and have any sort of risk when I could watch it at home. But that's my personal you know, kind of thing with this. I've went and covered a Thunder game as a member of the media, and that was really smooth. That was really fun. But there's no fans, and there was a smooth process to get in and out, and we were spread out, and everything was safe, and I felt comfortable the whole time. So I'm sure that if you went to the Chiefs games this year, you felt comfortable. I'm sure that they did everything possible. I mean, I've heard the stories of fans who went to Chiefs games this year and how comfortable that they felt. So that's great, and that can happen for Kansas City. And this is a smart decision. This is a decision that we all knew was going to come, but it was now made official. And I, I think that the benefit of the doubt has to be given to the, to the organization that they're going to do this the right way. As long as they don't increase too fast, too quick, and, and too large, everything's perfectly fine. Now, I do wonder, my, my, my next thing becomes, is this an advantage at all? Right? Is this a true kind of baseball advantage? Because I think about you know New York or any of these other places. Are they going to have fans in the stands in New York or, or in L.A.? If you are one of the few teams that do you get to have fans, do you get an added bonus? I've seen this in, in basketball already being played out. I don't think that there's any sort of bonus to whenever you go to Orlando and they have fans or go to Dallas and they have fans. Uh, I think that it's kind of a, a nice thing to have, but I think that in the heat of the battle, it doesn't really change anything. But it's an interesting thought process of like, does, does it give you any sort of added energy if your team has fans versus the other team doesn't have fans at all and they're arena and their stadium or whatnot. I think that it can maybe help in the kind of dog days of summer. If you're not just kind of playing out the string in front of cardboard cutouts, I think that that could get kind of dragging a little bit. If there's actual some life in the stadium, maybe you, you kind of play better or, or feel more energized. But in terms of actual wins and losses, I, I don't think it'll have anything to impact that, you know, in, in that way. I think that again, smart decision, the right decision, a decision that we all knew was going to come and a decision that, that I think that everyone should be happy with. And hopefully they can increase month by month. And hopefully March, you know, I mean, I should say May 1st, we'll have even more fans. And then June 1st, even more fans. And, and hopefully by October, you can have a full house at any baseball stadium in America because we've kicked this thing and, and we've, we've gotten rid of this coronavirus. That's the hope. We'll see how it pans out. Let me know if you feel comfortable going to games. If you're going to be at Kaufman, I think that there's going to be a true market for this. I think that they're going to sell out every single game. Uh, they can put the capacity at any capacity they want to. That they'll sell out every single game. 10,000 fans, 15,000 fans, 20,000 fans. Uh, they'll sell out at Kauffman Stadium. I think that people want something to do. And it feels safe. I mean, to me, if you still want to be cautious and still want to be careful, but you also still really want something to do with your family or friends or whatever... What's more safe than a baseball game? What's more safe than being outside in a controlled environment where you do have security and people truly enforcing, you know, hopefully sitting, you know, seating arrangements and, and mask arrangements? What can be more safe than that? If you just need an activity to do. So I think that that added with just the fact that you've been cooped up in your house all along. So it's a nice outdoor activity to do. That's not just kind of outdoor eating or outdoor walking. I think that all that plays into the demand for tickets 
And on top of all that, you're going to get to watch a good product, which you know is not something you're always promised in Kansas City or anywhere in baseball. So you get to watch a good product, hopefully, and you get to get out of the house. And so I think that this that this season will be a sellout year across baseball, across any team that will allow fans into the stands. I'd be shocked if places didn't sell out every single night all of their home games. In fact, I'd be interested to know kind of what the price differences will, are going to be. Like, you know, comparing opening day tickets for April 1st to you know, two years ago, you know, or any other opening day that wasn't a ring ceremony type of night. You know, it wasn't Sunday night baseball against the Mets. It, it wasn't the 2015 opening day. So that's something kind of more on par with this season. Maybe the 2013 opening day, comparing 2013 opening day to, you know, ticket prices to this year's ticket prices. I'd be very interested to see that because you're going to have people who want to get out of the house, but you're also going to have a limited seating. So that can kind of mess things up. And I haven't really gotten to see the numbers on, you know, what percent will be just a kind of general person and what percent will be only season ticket holders. That's another thing that I I wonder how they're going to maneuver. I'm sure season ticket holders will put their tickets on the open market. Well, some of them will at least. And so you'll, you'll be able to go even if you don't have season season tickets, but how many are going to be allocated for that purpose of not having season tickets? I'll be fascinated by that, but I I think it's a good thing. I think it's a step in the right direction. I think that we're kind of, getting over the hump here, getting to the other side, if you will, of this coronavirus, which is a great, great thing. Uh, But the Royals made an announcement today, made it official. They also played a game today against the Cincinnati Reds. Mike Moustakis was in town, you know, so they're going to have fans into the stands. They, They played another spring training game. What did we learn from spring training this week, week number one? We'll talk about it coming up, but first I want to tell you about our good friends over at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust. BetOnline is the easiest way to bet on all your sport action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing with baseball ramping up. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds on, and prop bets on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered with all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website today or use your mobile device, and whatever you do, at betonline.ag. If you put in our promo code Locked On, you'll receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. If you go to betonline.ag and you use promo code Locked On, promo code Locked On, betonline.ag, 50% welcome bonus BetOnline, your online sportbook experts. And I want to tell you about our good friends over at the Lockdown Today podcast. Today on Lockdown Today podcast, Big Ben is back in the black and yellow. Is that a good thing, though, for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Getting more of the sport news you need in less time with a new Lockdown Today podcast. Subscribe anywhere you get your podcast from to the Lockdown Today podcast. Look, that is a big storyline for Kansas City. Pittsburgh kind of has a nice defense. They kind of have some skill weapons. You know, if they got the quarterback situation right, they might pose a little bit of a threat in the AFC, which directly impacts the Chiefs. I think that Big Ben's a bad thing for the Steelers, but tune in to Locked On Today to see what they think about this for the Steelers. So this week, and really (laughs) this game alone against Cincinnati, you saw Danny Duffy make his spring debut, and he was pumped up to hear that fans were going to be in Kauffman Stadium. He said it was nice pitching in front of fans you know, in surprise. He goes two innings, gives up two hits and a run uh, with two walks and two strikeouts. A Danny Duffy day. Uh, Urban Santana comes in. He gives up three hits and two runs. Another mediocre at best outing. 
from Santana. I'm not really seeing the pathway for Irvin Santana to make this club. Jesse Hahn comes in, one inning of clean work there for Hahn. And then the big hitter, the, the, the stealer of all the headlines, Jake Brintz, who was pumping 101 on the gun apparently, pitches an inning of one-hit baseball, walks one batter, and strikes out a batter, earns the quote-unquote win in this weird, wacky uh, spring training situation. Jake Newberry got the save in this game, pitched a clean last inning with two strikeouts after a rough opener to his spring debut. He's one player that's kind of in a battle for one of those bullpen spots. So if Newberry can pitch well, uh, that can be a difference maker moving forward in the roster decision. At the plate, the big story is Bobby Witt Jr. as a pinch hitter comes in for Solaire and hits an inside-the-park home run. I think that they ruled it an error, but for all intents and purposes, it's a home run inside the parker for Bobby Witt Jr. He has been fun to watch. He's been fun to listen to, fun to watch, however you want to put it. It's been fun following him at spring training. I don't think he'll start with the big league club, obviously, but still, he shouldn't be that far away. Maybe... You know, even a whole year, but still not that far away. Andrew Benatendi got his first hit as a Royal, a double, uh, which was nice to see. That's kind of what you hope for him moving forward. He has a pretty swing. We'll see if that translates. Ryan O'Hearn continues the spring of Ryan's. O'Hearn hits a home run and once again is just on a, a, a absolute tear in Surprise Arizona the same way he was a year ago, as was Ryan McBroom. In this game, Nick Prado hit a home run, who has been a highly touted first base prospect for the Royals and kind of been hyped up a lot from within the organization and not a lot of people outside the organization, not a lot of uh, independent talent evaluators have seen uh, the kind of good things that the organization has in Prado. And in this game, Prado had a, had a big home run. So that's nice. I found it interesting in this game specifically that, you know, the game was not televised. I cannot remember the last time a night spring training game was not televised until this year. And in fact, you've seen it extend beyond the Royals where the Nationals and Astros played a night game today that wasn't televised. The Yankees, the big bad Yankees played a night game last night that was not televised. I cannot remember night games not getting televised in spring training. It's interesting to see how hard it is to follow spring training this year. And every year we find out that there's more and more interest in spring training games. And every year it seems like you get less and less coverage of spring training games to follow along with, which I think kind of dampers the interest in the entire season as a whole. But the, the the Royals do play again today on Friday against the Dodgers. This will be on ESPN, uh, or at least it won't be network. It'll be Kershaw against Keller. And this game is in Surprise, Arizona, which is important because it's the home park of the Royals, obviously. And whenever you play at home, typically that means that more regulars will be in the, in the starting lineup. So this can possibly be a really fun game to watch. Uh, for Royals fans out there, if you got time at 2.05 this afternoon. Wade Davis pitched uh, on Wednesday against Chicago. He goes an inning of one-hit baseball, two walks, looked pretty decent, You know, looked sharp. It sounds like he worked in and out of trouble there. So I think that Davis is still on track to make the club. Uh, Blewett was not very good, but Richard Lovelady once again came in in the middle of an inning and got the one out he needed uh, without giving up a run. So that really helped Kansas City. That's kind of the role I expect him to be in. I mean, you know, whenever he or if he makes the big league club, I don't expect him to be a guy that you hand the ball to to start an inning or you hand the ball to to get you through a couple innings. Just kind of get you through certain spots and, and kind of a specialist in a way. I know 
it's kind of harder now to do specialists because you have the three batter minimum, but Lovelady will kind of fit that mold. And then Scott Barlow made a spring debut, picked up right where he left off, one inning of one walk baseball, two punchies, and he got out of the inning clean with a save, uh, which is actually a second save of the spring. He's been good this spring. Let's just put it that way. Still waiting on the official transaction to, to go through for the Gerard Dyson sign that we talked about yesterday. And again, yesterday we talked about Dyson and talked about how I didn't particularly like the signing. If you want to find out why, check out yesterday's podcast, wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, but I don't think we learned all too much this week. I think that I'm even more comfortable saying that Urban Santana will not make the club. So that's something that we might have learned throughout this last week. Uh, an injury update for Mondesi. He's going to do some more drills tomorrow and kind of continue to work back. If you didn't know, it's not played to this point in the spring because of a baseball hitting him in the foot prior to camp starting. They're just kind of slow playing him right now to make sure he's fully healthy and, and is, you don't want to rush him. There's no really point to rush him as we're sitting at March 6th, you know, March 5th, whatever day it is right now. Days are just kind of a abstract idea in 2021. Jackie Bradley Jr. signs with the Brewers on a two-year deal worth $24 million. I was a bit surprised by the Brewers hopping in the fray. This does impact Kansas City because, you know, you're going to play the Central for the kind of cross-division opponent. Still, the Brewers don't scare me. Really good defensive player, Jackie Bradley Jr. is. I mean, elite defensive-level player. Uh, better at the plate than Michael A. Taylor. So, I mean, that's kind of the improvement there. It still does not get the Brewers over the hump. I think that they could be a pesky team, a sneaky team that maybe can challenge in the Central if everything goes their way. I still think that they're going to be like a second-place, third-place team even in that NL Central. The MLB announced also that they're going to have a Lou Gehrig Day. Uh, the Yankees legend will be honored annually on June 2nd to raise ALS awareness. I, I'm not sure what that's going to entail, You know, if it's going to be kind of everyone wearing Lou Gehrig's number or if it's just going to be kind of called Lou Gehrig's day. Apparently, uh, players will be wearing a 4-ALS patch, which is, of course, homage to Lou Gehrig's uh, number 4, and, of course, 4-ALS on the jersey. Of course, this now adds to the Jackie Robinson day and the Roberto Clemente day. I wonder if we'll see maybe some ice bucket challenges too going along with this to kind of raise awareness as we saw a few years ago. You know, this is pretty cool. It's obviously awesome to see uh, more awareness get raised for ALS. So Lou Gehrig Day will take place on June 2nd. The Royals will miss out on the inaugural Lou Gehrig Day because they do not play on June 2nd. Before June 2nd on the 1st, they play the Pirates. Off day the 2nd, and they play the Minnesota uh, Twins, almost called the Timberwolves, Minnesota Twins. So I assume the Royals wear the patch of Lou Gehrig on uh, the next day or maybe the day, the day prior to Lou Gehrig Day. But they will not play on the actual day for Lou Gehrig this year. They'll have to make it up on the second go-around next year. So coming up, we'll wrap this show up, and we're going to talk about what's to come next week on the Locked On Royals podcast, the only daily podcast about the Kansas City Royals, the top-rated Kansas City Royals podcast. We've already gotten to a lot this week. Next week, we're going to have another roster projection for the 26-man roster. And, of course, the Royals will play every single day in Surprise, Arizona, between now and then. So we'll talk more about spring training. But coming up, we're going to wrap up today's show. 
We are back on the Locked On Royals podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network. I want to tell you about our friends over at the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, Fantasy Basketball Addicts. You now have a new resource to help give you an advantage in your leagues. Locked On Fantasy Baseball. It's a daily fantasy baseball podcast hosted by veteran fantasy analyst Scott Cluen, who uses data and nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer the strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins. Season-long fantasy, dynasty leagues, daily fantasy sports, locked on fantasy baseball covers it all, folks, all of it. Subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcast from, including the radio.com app. So to put a bow on this week, the Royals uh, had a, a good week. They'll be back in action. I, I think that you know the headlines was you know signing Dyson. You can go back and listen to any of those shows uh, that were kind of more in depth on all these topics. You know, la- last night we had the Dyson conversation. Talked about the expanding postseason going away uh, officially. We had the divisional day on Wednesday with the Minnesota Twins Locked On Twins podcast. We'll have another divisional day on Wednesday coming up next week with Locked On Cleveland. And then we talked about on Tuesday the expectation level for the Kansas City Royals. And on Monday, we talked about the Hunter Dozier contract extension. So go back and listen to all those shows. If you missed them, subscribe to Locked On Royals anywhere. You get your podcast from. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Royals. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked On Royals.